0: Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Chaos Podcast. Uh, um, if you guys uh, don't remember me, I'm Tony G, Anthony Gian Domenico, and of course, everybody knows the mastermind behind the Dr. Chaos
1: Podcast, Mr. Amar Lakhani. How you doing, my friend? Man, Tony, I am good, man. I am good. I'm uh, back back from uh, a nice vacation uh, I was in uh, I was in Mexico I was in Cabo first time I ever went there and man did I did I enjoy that I know a lot of our Listeners or probably a lot of people have gone to Cabo there, but it was like my first time. And uh, what I really enjoyed about it is that it was more than just sitting at a pool or sitting at a beach. Um, I mean, that's probably not the place to go to go to. If you just want to sit at a beach, there's like just a ton of activities out there. Uh, You know, things like, uh, um, you know, horseback riding, camel riding, ATVs, swimming with dolphins it was it was really good to get away from things because as you know uh you know at the end of the year for us for me and you it's really like conference like cybersecurity conference season where we're presenting a lot of our research um you know out in the world and uh, you know what we've been working on and really really uh you know getting in gear i would say for for next year yeah yeah i
0: um i did a uh, i was a little jealous i must admit When you were sending, you know, some of those videos and pictures over, uh, I definitely wish I was there, but I should be there. I think I'm going to uh, the Hawaiian Islands and probably, uh, you know, Cancun sometime in October. So uh, I just a few more months
1: and I'll be there in the islands as well. Well, well I'm I'm going to call you out because I know Cancun is a work trip for you because it's a work trip for me and we'll be there together but so I'm going to call you out that that is not what I count as a PTO but uh but I do. I will give you, at least it's Cancun, so I'll give you at least halfway uh, points out there. But, uh, you, you know, one of the things I, I was really enjoying like during my PTO was, like, listening to music. And, and Tony, man, you're going to love this transition because I was, of course, listening to Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, one of your favorite songs.
0: <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's Janet? It's Jackson if you're nasty? <laughs> is that the one? <laughs> yeah something like that (laughs) yeah well well, i guess um i guess what we heard a little while ago right uh, actually i found out you know one of my buddies uh had kind of sent me this link and i was like what is this a joke what's going on here but apparently you know with those rhythms of the rhythm nation and those sounds those waves apparently uh were able to crash uh certain hard drives back i think in 2005 um what I thought was interesting, I was like trying to think, okay, well, you're playing it on the hard drive, you know, on the machine itself. Okay. Is it a, you know, what type of like vulnerability is it and what have you? And then I'm reading on and they're saying, not only if you play it on the machine that has that specific hard drive, but also if you're playing next to the laptop with the hard drive. And that's when I was like, wait, what? Um, So I guess the the sound waves, I guess, of that particular you know song, Rhythm Nation, uh, you know, really interfered with the uh, you know the spinning of uh, those uh, you know disc drives,
1: and basically would cause it to crash. Which I thought, yes. you know, yeah. So so you know, just to recap, this is an interesting thing. So so uh, the video, right, uh, or the sound from Rhythm Nation, uh, the music video, uh, f- you know, it's crashing hard drives. The hard drive was only manufactured and used in 2005, just some laptops that wasn't used in any other year except 2005 uh, manufactured years of these laptops. So um, if you are listening to the music is running, basically it crashes a hard drive, essentially giving you a denial of service attack. I think this is so awesome because uh, Mitra has actually issued a CVE to this. It's CVE-2022-38. Uh, Three nine two. So Janet Jackson is her own exploit, her own own vulnerability, right? And uh, uh, and I and I think that's awesome. I mean, I think this is actually great news for Janet Jackson because like a lot of people are probably gonna be like trying to listen to that song or uh, playing the video and stuff on uh, YouTube. But um, as you said, it crashes crashes that drive on the box, or if it's like in the, in close to the box as well. As I guess if the hard drive is somehow hearing like that that music right and processing something as the way that it spins and the hard drive spins or you know something happens that it uh, it just crashes That um we definitely have to play around with this in the lab and kind of get more details around this so this is going to be pretty pretty interesting because i i don't have all the details how how it works except when you sent it to me, I honestly thought it was like, you know, uh, like an onion type article. I was like, this this isn't real, right? This is like some sort of joke or some sort of farce. There is no way this can be real. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was kind of, I, I I was thinking the same thing. And uh, and then, uh, you know, as I sort of read on and I went to that, you know, CVE, I was like, wait, what? There's a real sort of CVE? And once I saw that, I was like, okay, this has to be legit. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting, uh, uh, you know, also, you know, to be able to I guess kind of work their, you know, way around it. I guess, kind of back then, they also, in any of the, you know, speakers, they put, you know, filtering in on the speakers. So those, you know, I guess, you know, particular sound waves or whatever wouldn't enter in through the actual speakers. So it would, apparently sort of, there was a mitigation technique. Which, uh, you know, was
1: interesting. Yeah, so just, just imagine, and I, I, like, you know, this can be a, a perfect movie plot, right? You know, someone is trying to, like, break into, like, a heist movie. It has to be a heist movie, right? Someone's trying to break into, like, some place, steal something, and what are they going to do? They, they realize that the video surveillance and the security team is uh, basically using these laptops with a hard drives from 2005. They're going to start playing Rhythm Nation on the speakers. It crashes out the, the you know, security team, uh, like a command center, and now they can complete their heist. Man, I just wrote, I wrote the perfect Hollywood movie, man, or at least a scene in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was definitely thinking about that too
1: the you know same lines <laughs> so but but realistically i mean is you know, you know is this you know is this in your opinion like is this an attack that uh, you think uh you know can be expanded upon and really be used uh for malicious activities i i i mean it seems out there, but I mean, I don't know. You know, I think it's uh, it's going to be hard to find attacks like this. But, you know, when they're out there uh, and they can be found, I mean, I think this definitely, you know, motivates uh, people to do more research around this. So you never know. You never know how, you know, attacks can kind of transform or Um, you know, ascend, I think, from uh, the digital world to the kinetic world, and that's the scary part, right? When we talk about like IoT attacks, when we talk about, you know, OT attacks, this is the type of stuff we're really talking about.
0: Yeah, well, you know, like we always say, I mean, as we continue to innovate, you know, and all these new, uh, you know, new great technologies uh, that, you know, come into play with, you know, they're all supposed to make our lives, you know, kind of better, you know, easier. But there's always going to be vulnerabilities that are, you know, tied with it. Now, you know, specifically to the Janet Jackson thing, obviously they're not really making that, you know, particular hard drive anymore. And even if you wanted to, I guess, you know, start to look at any other songs that might, you know, kind of affect any other of, you know, hard you know hard drives. And I don't think they really, you know, produce any of the disc, you know, the spindle things anymore. So I don't know if that one's, you know, worth you know, walking down, you know, maybe there's a lot of organizations that, you know, might still have, you know, some of the old, you know, old school kind of disk drives. But uh, yeah, I mean, anything is kind of possible, you know, in the future, you know, anything new, anything uh, innovating is always, uh, you know, up for attack.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, You know, one of the things that we always tell people is, uh, you know, how you can mitigate some of these attacks uh, is making sure, like, no matter what you know, hardware you're running on, at least the application that you're you're connecting to. Make sure you have good authentication, uh, good uh, your password security essentially. Because you know, as uh, you know, of course this is a denial of service attack, but what about if someone actually like tries to attack the the application itself? And good password password security is always a good thing, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess especially uh,
1: if you're using LastPass, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. Man, we're the king of transitions today, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you set that one up pretty good. Yeah, everyone's like shaking their head that's hearing this. So we apologize to you guys uh, listening in. Uh, But um, I guess we're in a little bit of a camping mood today. But LastPass reported a a vulnerability, a data breach. And, um, you know, uh, once again, this is not the first time they've had a data breach i will i will tell you like right off the bat i i do like LastPass as a company i think uh i think they get a lot of things right um i recommend them i'm conti- going to continue to recommend them uh they uh they seem to be very transparent in you know what what happens when it comes to like security and data reaches and they also seem to like you know really take the lessons but once again, it's a very scary thing because a lot of us use LastPass. In fact, it may be one of the most popular, uh, maybe the most popular, you know, password manager that's out there. And data was stolen.
0: Yeah. Um. I guess the. I guess the good news is, I mean, it didn't look like any of the actual passwords, you know, themselves were in that particular sort of data set. But, uh, you know, some of the actual, you know, concerning things, it uh, looks like the source code might have been in there. So. I would imagine uh you know you know folks like yourself with a similar sort of skill set might be interested to see what vulnerabilities may actually exist in the actual
1: technology itself right so the source code was was stolen or possibly leaked right i mean we once again we don't have all the facts but LastPass is a as we said is a treasure trove for attackers uh you know as what did you say tony before we started speaking you said attack once like a uh, multiple I, I don't know. think it's some term. Yeah. yeah, one one to many. <laughs> one to many. Yeah, basically one to many. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it is, you know, it is really that goldmine for attackers. So they're not really going to stop, right? It's not like they're going to be like, oh, I don't see like a vulnerability in here. Let's stop and move on. They're, they're probably just not going to do that, right? They're going to examine it. It's going to be examined by, you know, multiple people, like probably, you know, all over the world, attackers all over the world. And if they can't find anything, They're probably going to keep on trying at least for a little bit, right? They're not going to give up. Uh, They probably don't expect to find a vulnerability that easily. But, one, you know, so they're going to invest some time into it. And to them, it's probably worth it because if they do find an exploit, they could, like, steal a lot of passwords from a lot of people across multiple sites. And, um, you know, a lot of people, when they use things like LastPass, they kind of – you know they kind of get this false sense of security like hey i'm using complicated passwords different unique passwords across all my sites so uh there is this little false sense of security sometimes that they get yeah i just it kind of a uh, you know when i
0: read this it, it, it basically kind of brought up more i guess thoughts or you know concerns that i've always had you know really around you know what are organizations kind of doing to be able to you know safeguard their you know, source code. Um, you know, I've worked for some organizations that, you know, they would build a lot of software. Obviously, you know, we work for, you know, for some now and it's, I don't know, man, it's a, it's a difficult task. I think sometimes, right, because um, there's this one play where you have, you know, like developers, uh, their main goal is just that they got to get things out. They got to get them out sort of quickly. And, you know, you want, you know, flexibility, you know, for your developers. like. You know, you want them to be able to work in an environment that allows them to quickly, you know, get this source code out, like develop, you know, whatever they're going to develop. At the same time, what happens there then, right? Is a, uh, you know, as a you know security person, you start kind of looking around the environment, you know, and next thing you realize that, uh, you know, kind of you know source code is all over the place. You know, you might have sort of a system where you kind of check it in and check it out, but you know the reality of it is it's all it's all over the place. And I think for you know, for me, when I read that as a you know security guy, I was just sort of thinking, yeah, that's a that's a tough one, man. I mean, there's a lot of you know organizations I would imagine that kind of struggle with feeling you know figuring out how to you know secure that code where I'm sure it's just all over the place, you know? um and that's that that's that's the thing that kind of came to mind, you know for me and I think organizations have that, you know, particular sort of struggle.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think let's, let's be honest is like, I think most organizations, when they think about security, you know, they think about a lot of products, they think about, uh, you know, internal security, they think about EDR products, they think about perimeter security. Uh, I think a lot of them are not thinking about like secure, how to secure their source code. Um, Obviously, you know, there are companies that think about it quite a bit, but I think it's one of the things that is, uh, that just doesn't make, uh, make a, a big priority you know because there is a disconnect that uh, you know normally with you know uh i would say the network security guys the hardware infrastructure guys the cloud guys and the software guys right and so uh you know you know it's hard to you, you know you know as a security guy you don't always want to you know make life difficult for your developers but at the same time i think we need to start thinking about that and and hopefully you know uh uh, LastPass is thinking about that as well as a lot of other companies are thinking like, okay, well, the source code code got out from a developer. A developer probably needs access to the source code, but should it have ever been in a position where it got out? And um, and I don't know, I don't know exactly the type of work they were doing. I don't know, uh, you know, the, the, you know the details behind it, like you know their systems or anything. But it's something that I think that needs to be looked at if you are any corporation like running any code whether it's like security code or not it probably probably needs to be you know examined on how you're developing against that code checking out that code managing that code you know
0: yeah i mean i guess it's much broader right i mean at the end of the day you know you need to kind of understand you know what type of data that you have you know within your network where it actually like really resides on all your assets and then you know how is it flowing you know you know what's the flow if you know if there is any i think that's probably the larger you know sort of project it's maybe not you know specifically for source code but just in general you know kind of classifying you know the actual data that you have that you're trying to you know protect where is it um, and how is it
1: being used you know Yep, you know, and uh, and then also uh, another transition coming up here is talking about data and, uh, you know, what data you have and and how to protect that data is what about Iranian hackers actually still taking advantage of log4j log vulnerabilities and attacking applications with log4j and using that as a initial vector or access point, uh, you know, to attack other organizations so uh, as uh, you know been in the news uh you know recently the attack group the threat actor muddy waters uh that may or may not be you know affiliated with the iranian government is attacking israeli targets mostly using law 4j vulnerabilities at least uh, recently yeah yeah we did kind of like you know run into that i mean i've i've actually kind
0: of seen some organizations uh uh, be sort of, you know, part of this larger uh, campaign. I think, uh, <laughs> I think in the, you know, in the report we put out recently, you know, um, I think we said that was probably the, you know, the n- the number one vulnerability that was, you know, targeted. So, you know, I would imagine that's not just, uh, you know, possibly muddy waters, but a variety of other kind of attackers, you know, just because, I mean, you get access kind of into it. And then once you're, you're in the network, right? I mean, if it's kind of publicly available, and I think that that's the, you know, I think that's a, you know, sort of key thing here is, you know, that it's on so many different, you know, systems, or the the log4j is being leveraged by, you know, so many different, you know, kind of vendors, right? I mean, it's from, you know, Amazon kind of using it, you know, iCloud's there, you know, Cisco, you know, cloud. You know, flair and, you know, a variety of others, right? So so it's really kind of prevalent out there. So you'd imagine that multiple attackers are going to, you know, try to, you know, take advantage of it. So that's there for the initial access. But then, you know, once they're in this kind of business as usual, right? I mean they're doing the same things, you know, dumping credentials with Mimikatz, you know, moving laterally, you know, leveraging them, you know, remote control uh, or um, you know, remote services and everything else is kind of you know you know you know rudimentary once you're in the network and that's really i guess at the end of the day those you know normal you know you know ttps inside the network i guess they still work and a lot of people aren't uh you know logging for that stuff so you know why stop using it so just get access in know, whatever the initial access is and then you know you move in and you know do whatever.
1: Yeah, I think I think people when Log4j first came out, I always used to say, I think it's a gift that's gonna keep on giving to attackers. <laughs> um, yeah. There's so many things that use Log4j. Um, a lot of the products themselves, the product manufacturers themselves, don't always realize that they're using like an open source library, and that library may have like an asset, like a Log4j asset. So it could be buried like two or three, you know, uh, you know, levels deep. Even even if uh, a manufacturer says, okay, this is all the software we wrote, and these are all the libraries, open source libraries that we're using, they may not realize that library may have Log4j in it, right? And and uh, you know, that could be on IoT. It could be on, you know, websites. It could be on a lot of different types of, uh, you know, assets that are that are publicly available and attackers, you know, uh, now they're getting pretty good at scanning this and exploiting this. And once they exploit it, they're essentially on a system. And then they, as you said, that once they're on the system, they can use all their traditional TTPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: I, w- I would imagine this won't be the you know last time we talk about this. I'm sure there's going to be, um, you know, additional campaigns that are focused on that particular, you know, vulnerability.
1: Absolutely, and we'll keep an eye on this one as well to see what's happening. Uh, you know, Tony, it is always, always really good catching up with you, always good talking about cybersecurity news. Um, man, anything else to add before we uh, we sign off today? Uh, no, well, there's there's probably a lot, but uh, I don't know, at this, this
0: moment my mind's a bit fried, so uh, I'll leave it at no. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough,
1: fair enough, buddy. Well, other than that, I will let you uh, enjoy your day and we will give our listeners back some time as well. And guys, thank you for joining us and we will see you in the next episode. See you later.